What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, the final one in the month of August in the year 2023. Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, as mentioned, 8.01 p.m. Central Standard time today a very significant day a very somber day in the nfl as every single team is now down to their initial 53-man rosters we had a video here on the blog of the boys youtube channel if you're watching it there we are streaming right now to the youtube channel our twitch channel and our facebook page as well breaking down the cowboys roster we of course have all sorts of articles available for you at blogontheboys.com uh tis the season the cowboys open up the regular season next sunday night on the road against the new york football giants so we're here to kind of talk about all of that uh, I say we. My name is RJ Ocho. With me tonight, I have three fantastic horsemen. You can see here and read them all throughout the Blog on the Boys universe. You can also hear my dog getting comfortable um, on his bed as we get started here tonight. Like I said, I'm RJ Ochoa. Here, let's go in clockwise order. Tony Catalina. Tony, uh, T's and P's for you because Sean McEwen not a part of the Cowboys 53-man roster. Yeah, same thing that happened last year. I think they might find a way to bring him back. I know they said it was tough, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, Billy Bootman says, hey, men. So I'll say, hey, man, to you, Danny Phantom. How are you doing tonight, Danny? Are you ready to talk about the 53 players that are initially on the Dallas Cowboys? Absolutely. I've been waiting for this moment. Uh, you have. You actually tweeted out a, a clip of the video I mentioned, um, the breakdown that I did on the YouTube channel. Uh, so you clearly have a high level of excitement, as does Brandon Clements. Uh, Brandon, um, what did you have for dinner tonight? That's what everybody wants to know. I had some grilled chicken and some mashed potatoes, man. It was delicious. You a gravy guy on the mashed potatoes? No gravy. The only gra- uh, To be fair, the only gravy I ever liked was my late grandmother's, and uh, nobody can touch my uh, grandma's gravy, so I'll, I'll hard pass on that. And also, really quick, uh, I just want to you know, uh, send our thoughts down to the folks down in Florida uh, with the hurricane coming up, so everybody stay safe down there. And, and a little quick yowie wowie for, uh, for us wrestling fans out there. Y'all get the message on that. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. You're right. Um, you know, football season getting so close does obviously coincide with hurricane season, unfortunately. So that's a great shout out right there. Uh, Brandon, of course, it is a blog on the boys roundtable. I know we don't stream all of these all the time to the Facebook page and Twitch channel. Maybe we'll change that going forward. But if you're new around here, it is a game. It is a match. There is a, a prize to be won. So we start off uh, tonight. Uh, zeros across the board. Tony Catalina, you've got a goose egg. Danny Phantom, you have a goose egg. Brandon Clements, you have a goose egg. Tony, you are reigning champion. How are you feeling about your odds here tonight? I like it. I mean, I want to I want to go back to back. I don't think I've done that before, so I'm looking to achieve it. Well, you won't if I have anything to do with it, but we'll see. Uh, if you are watching live, uh, you can, of course, hand out points to your favorite BTB, or you can catch the rewatch at your own convenience on any one of these platforms, or you can also listen to the show on the Blog and the Voice podcast network. But we are going to be putting the Cowboys 53-man roster up on the screen, so apologies for the podcast audience. But if you do want to see it, you can head to blogandtheboys.com and check it out. Bear, seriously, the timing of this is just incredible uh, that he would pick right when we started the show uh to uh to go off with his um his dog self anyway uh let's start with the offensive side of the ball here are the players that the cowboys have as of this moment let's go big time takeaways tony what is your first emotion when you see the offensive players and it's worth mentioning this is all initial yeah i would say um 
initially I, I didn't have Hunter Lefke on my projected list and clearly I was wrong. I had a lot of people that I talked to daily who were kind of singing his praises and I thought it might've been a little too little too late for him. I mean, he did have an impressive final preseason show in there. And um, based on what Mike McCarthy said, talking to the media after the cut down, uh, cut down hour came and passed. Um, he said that Hunter Lefke showed a lot over the last couple of weeks and then it kind of all came together for him. And so that's my initial takeaway. I think we knew what the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and even the tight ends were going to look like, but uh, to see Hunter Lefke earn it, I mean, it wasn't given to him. He had to earn that. And Malik Davis is a guy that I know Danny is a fan of and he's not there. So that's a tough situation, but, but good for him. Casey Hammond chimes in on the YouTube side of things. Says, first thing I want to get off my chest is my sheer joy that Lepke, Jalen Brooks, and Wanye Thomas, obviously on the defensive side of things, made the 53. I would mention Deuce Vaughn as well, but he claimed his spot weeks ago. Yeah, I think we all thought that Deuce Vaughn was um, was going to make this team even right after the draft. There was no way that you know that story wasn't going to come to fruition, but he did earn it, um, just in case anybody is uh, doubting the authenticity of it. Danny Phantom, no Malik Davis. The Cowboys do have four, or rather three running backs, and Hunter has mentioned uh, Rico Dattle did earn it. I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, even if you are a Malik Davis truther, I don't think you can feel like it was uh, anything but fair and democratic, this whole process. Yeah, you know, I don't. I wouldn't call myself a Malik Davis truther. I mean, I let this preseason play out. And I let the training camp play out. I, I mean, doubt, to be fair, you know, Rico hasn't given us a whole lot to to go off for us to feel excited about him. But he did this this preseason, and I'm definitely pleased. I, I like the way it is. I, I believe they'll be able to bring Malik back. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm happy with that. At you know, with the running backs, and I will say this with Lipke too. Is I that was a little bit surprised. Um, I agree with Tony. I I felt like there wasn't we weren't seeing a lot, and then he just had a that breakout game. But I, you know, I'm gonna have a bold prediction here, and I'm gonna say after two weeks that Sean McEwen, you know, barring he clears waivers, which which I expect him to, will have more reps than Lipke, just because of the way the Cowboys are gonna work this, I think he's gonna more likely to be a practice squad call, call up while Lipke is still kind of um, getting situated there. Um, so that's that is my feeling about the running backs. Uh, let's see here. Trey offers on YouTube that Malik will make the practice squad. This is one of those things. Uh, BTB's Joey Ikes wrote last week how every year we have that dude that's like, man, I hope he makes it through to the practice squad. And we're always worried that he won't. But he generally winds up doing so. Uh, Tony, you lost three points for not believing in Hunter Lepke. Uh, so have you, Danny, uh, Rick, um, you know taking them away from you uh it's a tough time uh, apparently uh if you didn't believe in hunter uh brandon we'll get more into the nitty-gritty um here after you answer but um what, what's your your primary takeaway here as we look at the offensive players the cowboys are carrying at this moment in time well i'm gonna i think the folks that are watching and, and following along tonight i think they'll give me some points for this but i i, I had hunter lepke on on the uh, roster back in the uh, early summer so he was one of those guys that i had uh, i had high expectations for and even on my personal 53-man roster that I did yesterday before everything went down, I did carry all all four running backs. I did now. So uh, it was it's good to see Hunter Lepke making the team. I think he's going to be a very versatile weapon. You know, I did see on Twitter, you know, Sean McEwen. Uh, I know that's Tony's boy. I saw things where, you know, he was he was uh, he was being uh, he was being waived. So when, when I saw that, I was like, OK, I got a really good feeling that uh, Hunter's going to make the team because I felt like if it was going to come down to one or the other, once one came out as being, you know, off the off the team temporarily, I figured the other was going to make the team. I mean, not really too many major surprises on the offense. Like the like the boys said, I think quarterback. Obviously, that was pretty. You know, obviously with the Trey Lance situation, 
that that was pretty much set in stone the way it was. A mild surprise, I guess, would be for Jalen Brooks. I did I did have him as like a fringe player on my 53. I, you know, it was between him and somebody else. But that's a minor surprise. But I'm I, I'm I'm not totally surprised that he made the team. It's interesting that uh, David Howman's guy, Simi Fajoko, wasn't in the conversation at this point. So that was, that was I guess, uh, for him, that was a big surprise. And then on the offensive line, I'll say this. I, you know, I, I, it's a little thin at the moment, but uh, moves are going to be made. I know Chuma, I know they're going to make some, they're going to make that maneuver there. I was a little surprised with Farniak just because at this point, as, as we're recording this, I would, you know, I'm a little surprised that there is no other uh, center behind Biotis right now. So that's, well, I mean, obviously they're going to make some moves, I feel, to address that situation. But at this moment, it's just a little interesting to see uh, no other uh, true center on the roster right now. So you mentioned it, Brandon. Uh, the Cowboys did cut Chuma Adoga today. That is uh, a procedural move. We know the Cowboys have to partake in some roster gymnastics. Uh, Truma Doga, Trent Sieg, and CJ Goodwin, uh, three players that we can lump into that category right now. We're going to talk about defense and specialists in a little bit, but you won't see uh, Sieg or Goodwin on that side uh, of things, obviously. Uh, but Truma is a name that makes sense, but still doesn't answer the center flexibility or center option, which you mentioned, of course, Brandon. In fact, I think offensive line is probably where we're all the most confused. Uh, now, Danny, you have sung the praises uh, of Josh Ball, um, and he got hurt. So, you know, really kind of out of your control, but placed on injured reserve, he cannot return this season because uh, the Cowboys are not doing with him what they are doing with, say, Matt, well, let's go and Nation Wright. They are players who the Cowboys are currently carrying, which goes back to the gymnastics of it all. It's a place on injured reserve. I I've mentioned this in all the videos we've done. If you're unaware of NFL roster rules, in order to be eligible to return this season, you have to be on the initial 53-man roster, which is why Josh Ball cannot now that we know those circumstances. Uh, but that being said, Danny, we've been talking about the lack of offensive line depth. I mean, there's only nine names here. <laughs> like, like it's, it's a bit of a, of a scary sort of situation to kind of take a look at. Yeah, indeed, it is. I, it is scary, and I, I, you know, it's it's crazy. I I was surprised by the Josh Ball decision. I, um, you know, I don't know the extent of of his hip injury, but I was I thought he would be a player that maybe they would be able to designate for return, and then maybe we would have him back for the for the stretch. I I was under the belief that Ball played well enough to earn a roster spot prior to injury, um, and also too. The Cowboys are just, they just don't have much interior line depth at all. I mean, TJ Bass, you know, he he had a strong finish, so he's there now. Uh, but, if, you know, maybe a little flexibility with Awesome Richards too. But I just, I feel very vulnerable, at, you know, inside. And also, as you mentioned too, and I think this caught us a little bit off guard, even though that both Farniak and um, Hoffman have not played well this preseason um, for neither of them to make the team is just like, well, so we don't even, we don't even have a backup center right now. So I, I do think that there's still, there's, there's still moves to be made. I'm not sure how it's going to be, how it's going to play out. Um, but we definitely need to have somebody that's going to be able to, to, uh, play the center uh, spot for us. If something happens to be out. So it, you know, Tony, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about like, what's the one thing we would, you know, fear the most if that could derail our season. And he, he had the number one answer, in my opinion, and that is the offensive line. And now to, to give us this, you know, this group, this is what we're supposed to be feel good about. It just makes it even more unsettling. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little unnerved about things. Tony, um, it does feel like, I mean, that is it. I mean, that was your answer, but like, 
I almost feel worse about it after today's news, even though Chumadoga's coming back, but um, the, the lack of a true center, I mean, consider, I mean, everybody remembers, I mean, it was not, it was what, two years ago that poof, Zach Martin's unavailable for the season opener. Like you, you truly, we are now at that point, like we're now walking through the landmine, uh, the landmines, excuse me, of the NFL regular season. And so the Cowboys are one breath away uh, from having to adjust in a significant manner. And they don't have guys at that certain position right now. Yeah, it's, it's tough. When you look at the offensive line and its configuration, it, it doesn't inspire too much confidence after the, the first five guys. And you look at the fact that, you know, um, Tyron Smith and his injury history, Terrence Dale coming off a knee, a big-time knee injury, uh, Matt Lesko's had both shoulders injured, Awesome Rich is a rookie, TJ Bass is undrafted. Like, going down the list, it's very hard to sit here and say, yeah, we feel good at offensive line. I think a lot of people nationally, even locally, feel there's got to be a piece added here or what they're going to do. It just feels really unsettled. So um, in a perfect world, which we certainly don't live in, you know, all five of the, our starters will be fine and we should be okay. But that's, that's not reality. That's not something you can bank on. And um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's kind of scary. I'm, I'm more concerned about the interior than I am the exterior. If anything happens to Terrence Steele or Tyron Smith, we have the Tyler Smith switch that you can pull and put him at tackle, but then that creates a, you know, another hole inside. So I think that's kind of where the biggest question mark is for this offense for me. All right. Does anybody have anything really passionate at this point that they have to get off their chest about the offensive side of the ball. Again, all of this is initial. We'll see a few little switches uh, take place over the coming days. And everybody's really excited about Hunter Lipke. We covered that. Uh, but anybody have anything that if they don't say it, they won't be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say it right now. I'm just so excited that TJ Bass made the roster. He's one of the guys that I've been a huge fan of since he, since he was, he joined the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent. So that was the guy, you know, I've been keeping my eye on. He's got a lot of versatility and he's just, he, he has the great fundamentals. He's got a strong base. You know, I was, I was surprised that he wasn't drafted this past year. And uh, when the Cowboys got him undrafted, I thought that he was going to be a diamond in the rough. And, and so far he, he's, he's made the, the initial 53. So I'm just super excited about that. Uh, just so you all know, you each uh, were deducted three points for complaining about the lack of offensive line depth on the Cowboys because every team is in that situation saying you can't have five first rounders on the offensive line anymore. So do all of you feel stupid? I mean, at least it was an attack on all of you all at once. A little bit. That was a good, it was a very <laughs> good, good, a good statement. That's a very good point. Um, our score, uh, and we'll kind of you know bounce back to the offense a little bit, but so far, Tony sitting at nine points. Danny, you've got 10. Brandon, you are in the lead with 12. Still a lot of ball game left. Danny, what's in that mug? Water. That's interesting. I mean, I don't ever really drink just straight up water out of a coffee mug like that. So you're kind of like the people on like sitcoms right now. You know what I mean? It's a, so. it's a courtesy to, to my to dishes. You know, you just don't want to dirty up another dish. This is my coffee cup from this morning. Just... You know, just keep filling up with the water. I mean, it's practical, RJ. That's not my cup of tea in terms of how I rock. I actually am drinking uh, hot tea right now. So um, this is my cup of tea. Um, Tony, you have uh, – that looks like um, like one of those like powder things that you put in, in a water bottle. Exactly. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And bandage it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Clarence heart. has awarded you a point, uh, Danny. And so has Kevin uh, for drinking water out of a coffee, a coffee cup because he does that too. So you guys all think that these are stupid like tangents I take you all on. But think about that. Danny just picked up points. Um, and But Danny, you did just lose a point uh, for your pronunciation of water. Uh, so, hey, I mean, was we're it, all from different parts the, of the world. Hey, I'm a little bit English. I say water. You know, I, I say it the uh, right way, not not the water. Water. It's not uh, a D. Well, there was a 
There was a one-point wash, not involving water, but Danny, you now are in the lead with 15 points, so congratulations to you. Uh, again, nobody ever doubt the directions that I want to steer this ship in, because you never know where you'll rake in some points. Okay, let's head to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we have gone ahead and put Micah Parsons under defensive ends, because... Well, I mean, obviously, uh, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, and Dante Fowler Jr. round out the outside pass rushers for the Cowboys. They are going heavy in the middle. Mozzie Smith, of course, Jonathan Hankins, Osa Adigizua, Jr. Fahoko, Chauncey Golston. And apologies once again, when we first put the article out at Blog of the Boys, we accidentally left off Neville Gallimore. He is on the 53-man roster. Four linebackers, although one of them kind of a, a newbie in that sense, and Marquis Bell joining Leighton Vanderish, Damone Clark, Devin Harper, uh, Marquis Bell is seven cornerbacks. The Cowboys have uh, Trayvon Dix, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis activated off of the pup list today. So he is part of the 53 man roster now. Uh, the newbie, uh, really, Noah Igbenogany. Uh, Trey Lance no longer having to do like rookie duties around the star, I guess. Eric Scott Jr. and Nashawn Wright, who is a candidate to head to injured reserve. We've got five safeties, including Wanye Thomas. Sorry about the misspelling there. Uh, and two specialists, as we mentioned, Trent Sieg and CJ Goodwin coming back after things are stabilized. Brandon, your big takeaway right here outside of Noah Igbenogany. We'll get there in a moment. So other than that, your big takeaway looking at the defenders the Cowboys have. The amount of cornerbacks. I know you're talking about Noah, but seven cornerbacks, I didn't see that coming. I, I, I thought maybe five or six, but seven was was interesting. You know, we'll see how things play out here with that recent trade. But yeah, seven cornerbacks. I I thought that was a little that was a little interesting. And then you know the safety position. I know there's I know there's five listed, but I you know Marquise is kind of in that conversation. If he kind of he can do a little bit of both. So I, you know I'm I'm very happy about that. And it's just interesting because there's three true linebackers currently on the on the roster with with LVE and and, and Clark and Hart and Harper. So. You know, I'm curious to see how the Cowboys are going to fill out that that area. I know we have safeties that can kind of do different things, you know, uh, how Dan Quinn deploys them. But, you know, I do feel like there, there's going to be some movement at that position. I, I think the, the Cowboys are not done at linebacker. There are some names out in the, on the market to keep an eye on. So I, I think I think we're not done there. But the rest of it, I'm not I'm not too concerned uh, or, or, you know, I'm not too surprised. Micah Parsons, obviously, Lawrence Armstrong, Williams, Fowler. I mean, for me, I was a, I was very disappointed that my guy Isaiah Landon make the team, and he is one of those guys that I am I am worried about. I know we were we were talking about it earlier about if he clears waivers, you know, can he get can he get back to the Cowboys? I hope he does because I think he's he's one of those guys where I, I think if he gets a little bit of work a little bit more work in, he's got a chance to be a heck of a football player. So that was kind of my my one little uh, you know my one thing that I was like, man, I wish we could have got uh, gotten him on the fifty three. But hopefully he comes back when uh, when he clears waivers and uh, and then uh, he can be stashed for a bit. Tony, we'll get to Isaiah Land in a moment. Let's stick with the cornerback discussion uh, just for now. Uh, in terms of notable players left off the Cowboys roster, again, Isaiah Land is there. Jabril Cox, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Kelvin Joseph was part of the trade to get Noah Igbenogany on the roster. Uh, Malik Davis, Simi Falco, we already talked about, Quentin Bohana. But Kelvin Joseph's gone. Jordan Lewis is back. Noah Igbenogany is in. That's a lot of like change that we really weren't expecting even 24 hours ago at this particular position group. We're very, very confident in the top of it all. Um, and the willingness to trade away Kelvin Joseph certainly suggests that the Cowboys believe Jordan Lewis is closer uh, than most of us. And Brandon, I know you were shocked by seven corners, but Nashawn Wright probably headed to injured reserve, so more of a six situation, and even Igbenogany not really going to contribute right away. So five dudes to kind of lean on in the here and now. Do you feel like the guys that they have picked, Tony, uh, can handle that challenge, even without Kelvin Joseph around? 
Yeah, I think that they uh, understand that Kelvin Joseph, you know, some people thought he had a strong camp. I thought he showed some things on the inside, um, but that wasn't really what they're looking for. I think they are banking on Jordan Lewis being a little uh, closer than we probably thought, like you mentioned. And, you know, we have guys like um, Deron Bland who plays the inside, you know, specifically or at the beginning initially and can move outside. So I think the way that they wanted to construct their roster was to find another outside guy. And like they did that with this trade. So I'm confident with who they have, like one through three, I'm really, really stoked about. I think we understand that Bland, you know, Diggs and 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 Gilmore is solid three. Um, outside of that, like Eric Scott didn't show me too too much. I mean, I, I know it's he's a rookie. He cooled off so about, fast. Yeah, really like fast. his name chilled. Like basically from the moment he had the first interception at training camp, and then it was like nothing but ice water. The water that you and Brandon are drinking. I guess Danny too are drinking. <laughs> Exactly. So it's for him, like, I don't know how much we're going to lean on him early on. It may be a situation for hand gets forced due to injuries or whatever, but there is enough talent there. And I saw, you know, shout out to Patrick Walker from DallasCowboys.com. He's really confident. And I think we all should be just at how this cornerback room is constructed. Because if Jordan Lewis is the fourth, uh, you know, cornerback, and I know he's going to take some time to work into it, that's a solid unit. And I think that's something we could be excited about. You got Izzy Mukawamu has position flexibility. The safeties we have are is probably the deepest position on the team. So I I think safety is going to be kind of that hybrid situation at corner and linebacker, right? So those safeties are going to be used in a multitude of different ways at all different levels. So um, secondary as a whole and cornerback specifically, I think Cowboys Nation should be uh, pretty settled there. Yeah, it feels like the Cowboys defense is divided into just two groups, pass rushers and dudes that aren't rushing the passer. Like, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's they really kind of have a line in the sand that works that way. Uh, Danny Phantom, the Kelvin Joseph trade specifically. Um, actually, if we rewind a few days, uh, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News on Saturday night, as soon as the preseason game was over, uh, had a bunch of takeaways and some great nuggets in an article uh, over the Dallas Morning News. Everybody go subscribe and talked about how there was likely going to be a mass exodus from 2021 draftees from the Cowboys roster. Obviously, Micah Parsons headlines that group, but Quentin Bohana is gone. Jabril Cox is gone. We could talk about the linebackers in a little bit. And Kelvin Joseph is gone. And there was a lot of pushback. I wrote an article about this myself. People saying, I don't see how they can move on from Kelvin Joseph. When I wrote it, I was like, I don't see it myself, but I trust Michael Gelkin. And he was right. The Cowboys did not cut Kelvin Joseph. Um, I think we're all probably pleased, right? Like if you were going to cut him, at least you got a free look at somebody else in the process. But uh, do you feel like this was the right decision? I, Especially given that, you know, actually, Danny, you're the only person I've ever known who tries to predict game day inactives. Uh, Noah Igbenogany is probably going to be uh, an inactive for the Cowboys next Sunday night. And so in that sense, was it worth it? Was it not? Was this the right way to go about Kelvin Joseph's role on the team specifically? I think it was the – I think I like the, the thinking behind it because I like them acknowledging that – we have issues on the outside and, you know, and that Kelvin Joseph's role was, was basically pretty limited. So I like that thinking, like they're, they're recognizing it and they're doing something about it. Now, do I like the decision they made to do something about it? I don't know. I, I feel a little uneasy about, you know, the guy that we traded for. I, I haven't, everything I've seen so far, you know, he's had, he has had struggles in Miami. And I, so I'm not going to just suddenly feel confident about our outside corner depth just because we have, you know, um, Iggy on our team now. But I'm a little disappointed that one of my darker dark horses, Josh Butler, didn't make it. When when I heard the news about um, Kelvin Joseph, I started thinking, hey, maybe this means that Josh Butler is going to somehow squeeze in because he's an outside guy. And, of course, but that's not part of their plans. Uh, So I guess – I agree with Tony, I, and I do think that with a healthy Jordan Lewis that we are four strong 
because the the flex of Deron Bland allows us to be. And but outside of that, there's just so many questions. You guys know how I feel about Nation Wright. I feel almost the same way about uh, Eric Scott Jr. Except that you know we have have to give him a chance first before I really start to just not to be disappointed in him. Uh, but the other guys, I don't know. Uh, the the good the great thing about it is the Cowboys have so many uh, versatile defensive backs and guys that can play in coverage. Like you know we already mis- mentioned Mukwamu, but but Wanye and just you know and so I, I feel like. They're okay, but I still have a little bit of concerns about their outside corner depth. Tony, raised your hand very politely. Yeah, I just I, I'm I'm sure you guys know this, but for the people listening who don't know this, like Noah Inogany, I'm sorry, I butchered his name there, but he's actually younger than Eric Scott Jr. is, and he's a former first round pick, been in the league a couple of years. Obviously, not the the best pedigree; otherwise, the team wouldn't have moved on from him. But I think he, you know, understanding that he's 23 years old, still very young, can get into a Dan Quinn system. They like his speed; they like his athleticism. Um, for a fifth cornerback, I feel like you could do much worse, and I think we may have upgraded that with this swap. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. I think an important note to mention on Noah Igbenogany, um, you have to say it like 10 times to get really comfortable with it. Uh, that's what I did, uh, what was it now, three years ago during the draft. Um, the Dolphins did not pick up his fifth-year option. So this is a contract year for him. We love to look ahead at future comp picks. So if the Cowboys are able – to scrap something together here. You just never know. Uh, can they recoup the fourth round pick they traded for Trey Lance? Can they recoup the fifth round pick they traded for Eric Scott Jr.? I mean, they fast forward the timeline, obviously, one year relative to Kelvin Joseph, who still has a year after this remaining on his rookie contract, given that he was drafted in 2021. But Brandon, again, I, I don't mean to incite panic uh, because this is a pretty it's not a positive day. It's really horrible that so many people lost their jobs in the NFL. And we're certainly rooting for them and whatever comes next. Uh, but it's an exciting day with regards to the regular season, uh, getting a look at th- this is the group, right? Like this is the team that we all hope can obviously do the whole thing. But if we fast forward to next Sunday night, Brandon, and I, I played the game like predicting the inactives. Okay, Trayvon, Stefan, Deron Bland, great, awesome. They've been balling out. We're solid. We're good to go there. Jordan Lewis hasn't played a lick of football yet. Okay, well, that's kind of terrifying. There's no way Noah is going to be active next Sunday night, given that he literally just joined the team today. Eric Scott Jr., we don't necessarily trust, and it would be his literal first NFL action. And Nashawn Wright is slated to be on injured reserve by that point in time. So the Cowboys are like, uh, again, kind of like the the center situation we had. We really like this depth, but they are one moment away from having a challenge in a serious manner. Oh, absolutely. And this kind of brings back to what we had last year with all the the moving and uh, the moving and shaking of that position where you're bringing guys off the street, you're bringing guys off other practice squads. Like I think it was Xavier Rhodes off the top of my head, you know, so we're, we're almost getting to that point if, if an injury happens, but you know, like you mentioned, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, I'm, I'm pretty confident in those three guys, but you know, behind them, there's a lot of unknowns. Like you mentioned, Jordan Lewis, you know, he hasn't played a lick of football. So we, we don't know, you know, he, you know, he says he's ready and everything, you know, all the quotes out there say he's ready to go. That's why, you know, it, it sounded like he was obviously, I felt like after the, after what I saw from uh, Michael Galkin uh, from Dallas Morning News, 
I, I thought, you know, I'm like, all right, I, I, he's, he's probably making the, he's probably making the 53. And then you have, you get a guy like Eric Scott, you know, Eric Scott Jr., who we all love. Everybody was like, all right, he's definitely, he's definitely going to be the, the, uh, you know, the, the fourth cornerback or fifth cornerback. And he, you know, he was going to be, you know, he was, he was coming out guns a blazing, but his stock is kind of like, you know, he, he peaked and then like, you know, people bought in at a really high rate. And right now, if you sell on him, you're, you're taking a, you're taking a loss. But again, he's a rookie, you know, he, he, he's a, he's a late round draft pick. I still, you know, you're you're not going to know what you have in the kid until he sees some live rounds against the, for example, for the giants, you know, he, he's, you know, I, I expect him to be suiting up because obviously Wright's going to be, Wright's not going to play. We're not going to have Iggy. I'm not going to try to butcher his name, but I'm going to say Iggy is not going to be active for, for at least a few games in my, in my opinion. So Eric Scott's going to get some live rounds and, 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 and you know what, we may be talking about this after the giants game, like, okay, we, you know, we saw some good things from Scott. So it, it might give us a little bit more pause. So we just got to hope that the injury bug does not uh, bite the, the cornerback position or any position for that matter, but especially the cornerback position. I mean, but luckily we do have safeties like Izzy McQuamu. So we got Izzy and Iggy. So uh, we might confuse that a little bit uh, during the 2023 season, but uh, Izzy is another guy who can play both. So I'm glad he has that versatility. So if Eric Scott struggles, you got, you got Izzy McQuamu who can, you know, who, who, who can slide in. So I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting the pushing the panic buck, uh, button or anything, but you know I'm 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 a little cautiously optimistic on the back end besides the main three. Yeah, that's really fair. Um, it is funny that Izzy is going to be like the supplement to Iggy. That's just you know it's one of those like Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, you know, sort of like weird coincidences. Um, but okay, uh, so I don't feel like panicked about cornerback. I was just talking to you guys off the ledge. Y'all were the ones who were really freaking out. Um, okay, let's move on over to the linebacker position. The Cowboys did wave Jabril Cox. Uh, like basically every uh, roster cut that came out on Tuesday, um, it was joined by the statement, you know, to some degree, the Cowboys are hopeful they can get them back on the practice squad. We'll see, obviously, who does finalize and round out the Cowboys practice squad. But that being said, Cowboys have, and we mentioned it already, three classic True, tried and true linebackers on their team. That's it. Leighton Vanderish, Damone Clark, who's only entering his second season, and Devin Harper for that matter as well. Uh, so kind of a precarious situation to be in. Now, Marquise Bell, the Cowboys, it, it, I've mentioned this in the video earlier. I'm paraphrasing, but effectively converting him to linebacker. Uh, so that being the case, Danny Phantom, we know how Dan Quinn likes to rock. J. Ron Curse essentially is a linebacker. Now you got Marquise Bell. Unfortunately, DeMarmion Overshone isn't there. Um, I know Jess Haney wrote about Deion Jones potentially, you know, being an option to reunite with Dan Quinn with the Cowboys now that he's available. Um, are you worried about this? Because this is the the most shallow part. Like, look, just look at the literal number of names at every other position group uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And one of the ones that we're even giving linebacker is Marquise Bell, who's brand new. Like, it is a, a very, very shallow pool right there. Yeah, I am worried in, in, a, in a sense because I start to, like – Think worst case scenario here, and I look at a team. You know, it's like last year, like how you saw how teams approach. You know, went after our defense to try to take our pass rush out of the game when they start running the ball, and then we realize, hey, guess what? We're not very equipped in the middle. And then of course they have to go out, trade for Hankins and everything. And we, you know, we struggled against the run. What happens if teams start to run six linemen, thirteen personnel, really heavy? You get you get offensive line, you know, three hundred pounders in the second level, and you're gonna have a little Marquise Bell out there trying to, you know get in the way it's, it worries me that we don't have true linebackers there if teams start to play to our weakness and I mean I, I like the group I like I like the diversity of our team and I, I think Dan Quinn has a plan and I'm really interested to see it play out 
But I will say this, if we something happens to LVE, you know, and our linebacker depth starts to, you know, dwindle a little bit and we're just having to run roll out DBs out there, safeties out there that are just undersized and they're just going to have to take on these big linemen and teams can, you know, find a way to beat the Cowboys by just pounding, you know, running through us and we just don't have the the, the muscle mass to hold it. So there's a little concern there because I've never seen this of all my roster predictions that I've done. And I've never seen us have basically three true linebackers on the team. And, you know, so that, that is an area for concern. Tony. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes sense what Danny's saying, because one of the comments here from Melvin was, don't they play like 70% with two linebackers? They can play that way all day long until you play the Philadelphia Eagles and they're just going to run it down your throat or, or whoever the case may be. I mean, at any point in time, and so you can be prepared, but like if, if the circumstances change, you're up a creek. You can have Mozzie Smith, and he can even take off and become the guy that you want. But if if they just have too much beef up front and you can't get there in the middle of your defense, you are a little bit screwed. And so I, I don't know that I think it's a, a risk or bold, um, but it is a little bit unconventional in terms of recent roster construction for the Cowboys specifically. Yeah, as I sit here, I'm I'm confident in saying this is incomplete. I know that they have a plan for safety to come down and play linebacker, Marquis Bell, you know, the way they're going to use Donovan Wilson, you know, J-Ron Curse is inside the box a lot. So I understand there's going to be plans. And even Mike McCarthy alluded to it. He didn't quite say, like, we're unfinished there, but he said things will start to make sense, you know, later on. And I'm paraphrasing, but he pretty much said, as we get closer, you guys, you guys will kind of figure out what we're trying to do here. I do think whether it's waiver trade, whatever the case may be, something is going to be brought into the linebacker room. And I know that um, Nicholas Morrow, who the Cowboys have had interest a couple times, just got released by the Eagles. Now, I don't know if that means because, you know, once you get cut, you're always weary of why is this guy available, but they might kick the tires on this guy. So ultimately, whether it's Nicholas Morrow or somebody else, I, they what Danny said is absolutely right. I mean, we're one or two injuries away from having four or five, you know, safeties on the field at one time. So <laughs> it's it's just not really an ideal situation. And just like a lot of this roster and some of the things they're gonna do, it, it's definitely unfinished, and they're gonna they're gonna put it all together here soon. Um, for what it's worth, and some of the chat is bringing this up, Brandon, the Cowboys could always drop Micah Parsons back, right? Like, I don't think any of us like that idea uh, because we want to see Micah Parsons used in the best possible way, and that's rushing the passer. But um, perhaps the Cowboys want to get more opportunities for Sam Williams or whatever the case may be, and they feel like, hey, let's truly, you know, back off Micah as a full-time pass rusher. That is one legitimate line of thought, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, it's a legitimate line of thought, but I think obviously I think we all can agree here that uh, Micah Parsons is obviously best served to be a, a, on the edge and, and doing his thing there. But that's the thing. That's I think the Cowboys have already figured this out. They figured out, okay, you know, we're a little thin here as it stands, but God forbid an injury happens. You can slide Micah back. He played linebacker, you know, for many years. So, he, you know, he, he knows the position. He knows how Dan Quinn draws it up. But I'll bring up an interesting point where – you looked at that the, the compilation of defensive tackles. They could go a different route on this. They could, you know, if an injury happens, and, and this is not conventional with the way the game is now, but against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who we all know like to run the ball, they could, they could in theory, put five guys on the defensive line and, and then throw three defensive tackles in the middle there and, and protect that middle just a little bit. It's a little unconventional, but they, they could run like a 5-2, so to speak, and, and uh, you know, have the two linebackers, which kind of helps the depth or – you know, one linebacker and, you know, an extra safety like they have. So there's, 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 there's ways, to, ways around it. And I think with the depth at defensive tackle that we have, I do think that might be something on the table that, you know, no one's considering at this point. 
So I could, I could see it. I could see that. And, you know, a guy like Junior Fajoko, you know, I think he, he's going to be a guy to look out for. He may not, he may not play right away, but in, in situations, you know, throughout the season with injuries, that's a guy to look out for. He's got enough beef. He's like 270, 280 if I'm off the top of my head. So a guy like that. So I, I, I think the Cowboys aren't done at linebacker. I really, I think like a, like a Moreau, you know, I think that's a guy that, you know, people are interested in. I think that's, if I was, you know, the Cowboys have kicked the tires on a guy like on him before anyway. So they, there's interest that has been there. So you know, I, I'll say this. I, I think, I think at this point, linebacker, it's not done yet, but worst case scenario, they're going to go, they're going to, I think they'll beef up the defensive line or run a five man line. Um, okay. I think, you know, we've all expressed our concerns. They're legitimate. Uh, we're willing to give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt. And Mike McCarthy, to your point, Tony. Uh, speaking of Tony, Tony knows how to work the crowd. I mean, geez, like the crowd is, is here to give Tony points. Brandon, you did just pick up five points. But where things stand, Tony, um, kind of, you know, kind of starting to skunk y'all. Uh, 43 points for Tony, 21 for Danny Phantom, 27 for Brandon. Guys, I mean, like maybe start telling jokes. You know what I mean? Doing some stand up. Like we've got to. You know, we've got to challenge things a little bit here. Tony can't just I, – I can't let this happen, Brandon. You, you've RJ, got RJ, hold on. Tony, Tony's probably going to pull what I did last week, and he'll, uh, he'll fumble it. Uh, well, Brandon, you did just pick up three points uh, for the thought that you uh, you know kind of uh, pontificated on, but you lost one of them. Uh, so, so um, you know, two more points in your favor. Danny, are you worried about uh, potentially finishing with the bronze medal here? No, you know what? If I don't make the cut, I'm sure I'll get <laughs> on the practice squad, and then you'll – They'll find a role for me later. So, you know what? It's all good. Uh, well, one player who did not make the cut today uh, is at the beginning of our notable players left off the roster. That was the only true point of discourse it felt like today uh, throughout Cowboys Twitter. The day started with everybody uniting against Kyle Brandt, um, which was a weird thing. Um, I really don't have a passion to take on this, but whatever. Uh, I think Kyle's awesome. I Whatever. I, I don't want to get involved in that. But it was it was there was a really kind of united energy uh, among Cowboys Twitter. And then Isaiah Land got waved and everybody was pissed off and everybody was like hating the team again. Uh, Tony, your thoughts on Isaiah Land not making the initial 53-man roster, um, and everybody gets a chance to answer this. Do you think he will find his way onto the roster within the first four weeks of the season? I'll answer the second one first. I think yes. I think if he clears waivers, which I think is highly possible, Isaiah Land is you know, a good pass rusher. He is somebody that I think other teams will see value in, but I think there's a chance that we could sneak him past. And I think the Cowboys will kind of be able to wipe their brow off that they didn't mess that up. But yeah, I, I think of all the names on this list of Jabril Cox, Kelvin Joseph, Malik, you know, Simi, Quinn, the only one that really kind of raised an eyebrow was Isaiah land. I think everybody else kind of saw the other writing on the wall there, but you know, I think it speaks to how deep this pass rush group is because in a lot of instances, in a lot of years for teams that we root for the Cowboys, Isaiah lands like in the two deep and he's coming in, he's rushing the pass on third down and he's got a bigger role And here. He can't even make the initial 53. So I, I, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. I think, um, I know a lot of people wanted him. I was one of those guys. I, I, I didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? I didn't know when I figured of all transparency, when I figured my 53, I didn't know where to trim the fat. And so I kind of left them off, but it was with hopes that, you know, the people who get paid millions of dollars to do this would be able to find a way to do it. And um, they weren't able to do it, but I, I'm fairly confident. I would, you say the first month I could see him being a factor in the first couple of weeks, to be honest. Tony, uh, Danny, um, Tony's kind of right. Like, 
you know, once upon a time, we were like freaking out for sacks from George Selvey. You know what I mean? And now we're throwing away Isaiah Land when it comes to 53-man roster construction. So the tide has definitely turned in terms of talent uh, amongst Cowboys pass rushers. You can't keep all the good players when you have a lot of them. And that's, you know, this is ultimately an indication of a good problem. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I thought that Land had a chance simply because, you know, I think by the time that they're able to develop him, it kind of fits perfectly when some of our you know, aging veterans are, have expiring contracts. So I think that that would just work good because we have Micah, we have Sam, and then and then who else? You know, you know, a few years from now. So I I, I thought he had a chance because of that because I the Cowboys like to protect the talent. Um, but one of the guys that I'm most disappointed that that was left off was Josh Butler, and he's the guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll just talk the whole show about Josh Butler if you if you let me. <laughs> just I, actually to, to be to uh, peel back the curtain a little bit here, Danny actually messaged our Slack channel uh, earlier today and was like, "Hey guys, like I'm not going to be able to check uh, for parts of today, so somebody please let me know when Josh Butler's been waived. I'm fully expecting it, but I hope I don't hear from any of you that, and again. I'm I'm paraphrasing what you said, but that really did happen. That's supposed to be confidential, RJ. <laughs> no, for sure. Way to go. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I, I told you already about I'm concerned about the outside corner depth, and uh, if he makes it through waivers, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel good, and these players typically do. And then I feel like, I feel like we have more of an answer. Like I, I want to, I'd, I'd rather see him out there than Eric Scott Jr. or Nashawn Wright personally. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, going back to what were we talking about? Uh, uh, Isaiah I, Land, I, yes. uh, the person that millions of people were upset about. Uh, but, you know, it could have been 50 50. I, I had him on one and I had him off another. It's, it's, it's really tough. Just to really, you know, we know we're going to have to let some good players go. Um, Brandon, um, I guess your thoughts on Isaiah Land, unless you want to go off on a Josh Butler shaped tangent like Danny Phantom did. Yeah. I- I mean, I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Isaiah Land fan. I was, I've been saying on the writer's block the last couple of weeks. He's been one of my guys where I look at, I look at, I look at the roster construction and look at how teams are going to grab players off the waiver wire in, in three ways. You know, do you want to have a quarterback? You're going to protect the quarterback and you want guys that can get after the quarterback. And, and Isaiah Land is good at that latter part. He is really good at getting at the getting after the quarterback. And, and just in that preseason game against the Seahawks, that tackle, literally, uh, his, his the, the offensive tackle for the Seahawks, he literally was false starting. I felt like almost on every play because he 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 knew Isaiah was coming. That step, is, that first step, is so quick. He gets in the backfield really quick. He's got he he has a lot of skills. He 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 was the Buck Buchanan Award winner in, in college. I know I know that you know he's at the you know the the lower he's at the uh, the lower division FCS level of, of football at that point, but he had high level offers before before he stayed at Florida A&M. So he, he could have gone to an SEC school and he probably would have dominated. But people forget he had 19 sacks uh, just in, uh, two years ago. So the guy the guy could play the guy could play some football. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he makes it. Now, Danny Phantom is not the only person that likes Josh Butler, by the way. I, I actually am a big fan of Josh Butler as well. Danny's coming for your corner. Wow. Now, Danny, I, I you, you made some great points about about Josh Butler. I mean, I watched him with the the Michigan Panthers. I think I got that right in the the other, the other football league there. And then obviously at Michigan State, he was you know he he you know he didn't play a ton at Michigan State, but in the preseason for the Cowboys, he flashed ability to me. And and I figured he and I felt like the same way as Danny. I was I wasn't going to be surprised if he didn't make the roster, but I knew he would kind of be on the fringe. I feel like that's the kind of guy the Cowboys should bring back to the practice squad, and I feel like they will because he is a little bit of an older prospect. I think he's 26 years old. So I, I, I think he's one of those guys. But 
for me, Isaiah Land, that, you know, I agree with the, the populace. Now, the, the, the issue that the, the people were getting on Kyle Brand about things, leave Kyle alone. Kyle's a big wrestler. Okay, all right. We, myself, so we, don't, we don't have to dive deep on that. So, all right. No, no. Um, okay, we've kind of examined the 53 as is. Um, like I said, we had a video um, earlier in our feed on our YouTube channel where I discussed it by myself. Anybody, want, anybody wants to go watch that. That's why you should subscribe to the YouTube channel because you get all of our wonderful videos uh, right at the tip of your fingers uh, for no dollars. Um, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, before I did that, I did a live stream with our friends over at Bleacher Report. It was super cool. And I had this really great question that I'm going to steal and use here tonight. Um, and so you're each going to have to answer it. And the challenge is that nobody can copy anybody. All right. So you've got to give compl- I haven't done this in a long time. Uh, here on the round table. So you have to give completely and totally unique answers. So I'm going to ask the chat to pick who gets to go first. Um, so everybody gets to say who they want to go first here. Uh, and then that person will pick who goes next. So chat, please let me know whether you think Tony, Danny, or Brandon gets to go first. The question that whoever they pick obviously gets to go first that has to answer. It's a two-parter. First is who is the player you are most happy to see make the 53? That's what we're going to go with. And again, what we're going to hand out points on is creativity ingenuity i don't want you coming around here saying dak prescott I and i also don't want you coming around here being hunter lipke we get it we all love hunter all right let's think a little bit outside the box the overwhelming favorite uh is danny and because david smith specifically said tony last i'm gonna go ahead and go danny brandon tony so danny you were up first who is the player you were most happy to see make the cowboys initial 53-man roster and why yeah, I'm so glad that I get to go first because I would have pitched a fit if somebody stole my guy because <laughs> I I am absolutely ecstatic that Wanye Thomas made this football team. And I think it's the writing has started to be on, been on the wall for a couple weeks now. Um, but I mean, if you're following me on Twitter, you see I've been posting clips of him. I've been I've been really promoting this guy. Just uh, I honestly didn't think nothing of him. He undrafted guy last year, kind of an afterthought to be honest. But then once you start to really dive deep, you know, and, and watching the preseason tape, you're like, who is this? Who is this number 30 making plays? And, you know, I know that there's been somebody that made like the Cam Chancellor thing. You know, every time they, they have a player, you know, with Dan Quinn, they can think they can turn him into this. But I mean, I'm seeing some real potential with this guy. I mean, the guy wants to lay the wood. The guy's is there for coverage. I think the way he processes and the way he he uh, diagnoses the plays and makes really quick decisions is super impressed with this guy. And then he went from a guy to where I, I started out with like John Stevens Jr. You know, this that's my guy. He got hurt. And then it's like, and then I'm like, okay, who's next? And, and then Wanya Thomas was my guy. And then, then I got so confident that he was going to make the team that I went to Josh Butler. So that's that's where I've been. But I am super happy for Wanya Thomas. I think he's going to be – I think he'll be a bigger piece to this team than some may – you know, think right now, because I think he's a, a good player. That is a great answer, Nanny. You picked up a lot of points from the chat in the process. Current update on our score. Tony sitting on 39 points, but you were assigned to having the task of going last, Tony. So hopefully you impress uh, people. Danny, you've, uh, you have a commanding lead with 48 points. Brandon, uh, you're up next with 34 points. Who is the player you are most happy to see make the 53? Wanye Thomas officially off the board, although three more points. Actually, uh, 13 more points for Danny. But Brandon, you're up. Yeah, so... Obviously, you stole my thunder, RJ, with the, the Hunter Lepke. That was my that was my choice. But my other choice is TJ Bass. You know, I've said it earlier on the show. TJ Bass is, you know, he was an undrafted free agent, which the road to making a 53 man roster as an undrafted free agent is a little bit th- a little bit uh, deeper because there are guys that get drafted that the team obviously saw enough stock in to draft them. So for me, it was an uphill battle for him out of the gate. You know, I my my confidence in him never wavered. 
I watched enough of his film, you know, at, at Oregon. I, you know, my, one of my good friends is a huge Oregon fan. So I watched a lot of Oregon football and he was one of those dudes on the offensive line that he just didn't give up. He, 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 he just, he, he stood his ground. Like some of his technical flaws that, you know, come out at times, which he, it was mostly in the, on the outside, but once he was in the inside and when he played on that, or, that great Oregon line, he, he, you know, he, he flourished. And, and I, I would like to see him maybe get some work at center because obviously we don't know what's going to happen there, but I, I feel like he's got, he's a multi-talented guy. He's, you know, he's, he's very versatile. And then uh, for me, you know, the road from undrafted to 53 is a, is a really cool thing. And uh, for me, I'm just very excited for, for TJ Bath. That was another great answer. Uh, really solid. We've got two undrafted free agents so far. That's always kind of a heartwarming story. Uh, Brandon, you've picked up a lot more points. I've added, I have to add five more here from Richard Smith for you. Um, okay, Tony, you're up. And then we have the second half of this question. I think it's pretty obvious what, what the other you know side of this point is. But uh, Tony, uh, quickly before you offer us your answer, were um, Wanya Thomas or TJ Bass your initial instincts to go with? And were you did you have them stolen? They weren't, but I would say Wanye was probably my second, but my, my first one is still available, so I'm glad I'm able to take him. Wow, um, look at the flex. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Go off. So I will say Kevin Wolf in the chat, he's my guy. He's been asking me to kind of to do my own victory lap here, so I actually am going to take this. And I am ecstatic that Rico Dottled not only made the roster, but is solidified and have left no doubt that he's running back number two on this roster. I mean, everyone, everyone has a fan base or like a hive other than him. Hunter Lepke has a hive. Deuce Vaughn has a Cowboys Nation hive. You know, Malik Davis, everyone in the world was writing Malik Davis in to be running back two into, as we got into training camp. And Rigo Dow, all he did was just everything right, okay? The only thing that's hurt him has been his availability, not his ability. So he's gone in there, and despite, you know, Many people connected within the team telling you, like, hey, Rico's the guy. Hey, Rico's the guy. Like, listen, understand, Mike McCarthy's telling us that Rico's the guy. And all he did was just con control that. And then when I saw preseason game three and I saw Hunter Lepke get all the touches and Deuce Vaughn was sitting there eating seeds and Rico Dotto was chewing seeds and they all had a ball cap on, I knew that the, the, my job was done. Okay, I knew that ultimately – Rico Dottle had won, and this is I'm excited. He hasn't earned anything yet. He's just earned the opportunity, but his his injury history is obviously a concern. If he's out there and he's healthy, I fully believe that he could be a, a solid, very good running back too for us. I'm excited to see that he gets the chance now. That was a very, very solid um, kind of twist of an answer, saying like not only that he made the team, but that he specifically, you know, is RB2. Like it was a little bit more conviction. Um, you didn't pick up enough points um, to, to close the gap now, Tony, where we're at. Uh, you have 54 points, Danny 61, Brandon, you have the lead going into the final question, unless there are more points. Um, Tony has just picked up five more, so I'll adjust this quickly here. Um, I just realized that I should have ended with the question that we just discussed because it was really positive. Um, <laughs> and so um, that's my bad. Uh, so, uh, hey, whoops. Uh, I really don't have anything else to say. So, sorry. Um, who was the player you were most sad to see not make the 53? And again, we're awarding points based off of creativity. So if you go Isaiah Land based on the conversation that we had, well, you know, it's up to the commenters here, but I'm not going to reward that type of situation. So we'll go back around the bend. Danny Phantom, who were you most sad to see? Most sad. Again, most sad to see not make the 53-man roster. And I'm not going to stipulate that it has to be someone who we don't think will return, but it's up to you. Take it whatever direction you want. Am I allowed to pick Josh Butler? <laughs> uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know. Jeez. I, who am I most? Josh Butler would be my choice. Um, 
but I, I think that man, it's really tough to, I, I'm going to say that I'm most sad about the Josh ball situation. Um, I know I get a lot of heat for this. Go ahead and start deducting. I don't play for points, but you know, I think that the way he was playing really would have given us a little more, you know, solidifier or interior line. I think that was important. And, and now we're kind of left with kind of like, what you know, what do we do sort of thing. So I'm disappointed that that played out the way it did. Um, but maybe TJ Bass can solve all that problem. I don't know. Um, so I guess that would be my, that would be my non Josh Butler answer. Um, but I want to say this, I want to throw this out at Tony right now, because I know we've had some Malik Rico stuff. And first off, I agree with everything. I mean, Rico has impressed. I, I've, I've, imp- I've, I've put clips on about Rico. I mean, so, you know, I, I'm, I want to see him succeed because that helps us. And I totally agree. RB2 right now. But I want to say this. I'll have a little side bet. And this is a little bit morbid. But I think that Malik finishes with more yards than Rico. And I I, I know that sounds dude, terrible. What the hell, dude? Hey, you know uh, what? I'm just saying, <laughs> hey, you, you got you you got to take take all the information with what you have. And that, that's just where my feeling is. So, I mean, that's why I can't get, just get too over, overjoyed. about. Like, if everyone's trying to tell me, like, you know what? Tyron's fine. He's, he's going to play the whole season. Come on. Give me a break. You know, and try to convince me of that. No one's going to buy that. So why should I feel like Rico is going to be able to just suddenly just dodge the in, injury bug at the, one of the most brutal positions in NFL? So it's a concern of mine. That's all I'm saying. Great. He's played great. If he stays healthy, super fantastic year possibly. But I don't know. I mean, there's certainly some concerns there. Well, I feel the sunshine and rainbows uh, coming from Danny Phantom right now. Uh, so um, you did uh, get some points deducted there, Danny. But um, I think what everyone should appreciate is um, the conviction that you speak with. You know, you, you don't say anything you don't believe. So I'll give you that, Danny Phantom. Uh, good for you. Brandon, uh, player you were most sad to see not make the 53. And by the way, look, this is a reality, right? Like, you know, we love so many. We love more than 53 players. That's just part. That's what makes this process so difficult. So, Brandon, the floor is yours. So I'm going to go, I'm going to hit that drum again with the offensive line. We've hammered that drum tonight. And uh, the guy that I am very sad to see go at this point is uh, Matt Farniak. I, I think Matt Farniak was a guy I know we'll see. I know we mentioned it a minute ago, you know, he, he may come back. We'll see how the juggling goes with all the roster and everything. But as it stands, he's not on the 53 man. And, and the biggest issue at this point is the center position. So if, if Biotis goes down, we're, we're, we're in big trouble because there's nothing behind him right now. And Farniak is a guy that not only can play the center position, but he also can play on the guard as well. So he, he, he can play, he's a versatile guy. He's been in the system, you know, in this system for three years already. So he's been in the league. He was a former seventh round pick out of Nebraska. You know, he's worked his way up the, you know, the depth chart, so to speak. And, and I had him on my 53. I figured he was a shoe in because of the depth. I figured, you know, they're going to solidify. I think awesome Richards was going to make it. I, you know, I wasn't surprised there. You know, I wasn't surprised about TJ Bass, obviously. But the guy that I was, very, you know, the Farniak to me was a guy. He's, you know, I know it's weird to say, but he's been here for three years. But amongst the roster, you know, the, at the position, at that positional group, he's one of the older guys in the interior because you have the most experienced guys. Because besides Viadish, you're kind of you're kind of screwed at that point. So Farniak's my guy, and, and it, it it comes down to depth issues because we the most important position you know position group besides the quarterback is the you know on the offensive side is to protect the quarterback so if there's any liabilities there plus it's very important to have that quarterback that center quarterback exchange right on point so you don't want to bring somebody in who hasn't had that you know it, it's the little things 
but that could cost that could cost the Cowboys a game if there's a, a mishandled snap. You know, something happens there. So this is very important. So Matt Farniak is my guy, and and hopefully it, it turns around pretty quickly, and he is back on the roster in short order. Tony Catalina, land this plane. So let me just touch on the Matt Farniak thing just to, for a quick wow. second because there was somebody that I was gonna mention, but you know, like I, I, we had talked about, we had Michael Gelkin on the First and Ten podcast, and he was actually speaking about Matt Farniak, and and the reason why I was interested in that answer is because Michael Gelkin kind of told us, like matter of factly, he's like the progression from Matt Farniak was there to the point where like it was it wasn't even like a stalemate, like he actually regressed. So. I'm interested to see how they handle and Farniak did not improve. He actually got worse over time. And that's kind of the sentiment within the building. So it's interesting to see how the Farniak deal works out, but I digress. What I am going to say that I was most sad and it's probably not going to be a popular answer, but like Danny said, I'm not playing for the crowd. I'm playing for honestly how I feel. I was upset to see the Sean McCune not make the team over Hunter Lefty because realistically uh, the way they talked what? about Sean McCune was that was probably one of the hardest decisions they had to make. They, they said that he was a guy they tried to find any way to keep on the roster. And ultimately, the way I look at roster construction in today's NFL, and I know what Mike McCarthy said, and I know he likes fullbacks, and I know they want to run the ball more, but ultimately I thought the tight end four would probably help the team more than a than a fullback. I mean, what are, what are people's expectations for, for Hunter Lepke, right? Is he going to touch the ball twice a game? Is he going to pass block? Like, what are we doing? Is most of his role is going to be what we've already seen Sean McEwen to be able to do? Special teams, be a tough guy. I think if you're going to talk offensively, Sean McEwen is going to have a bigger impact on this team. And I fully expect him to be back. But I felt after going through this last year, where if you remember, Sean McEwen didn't make the initial 53 last year because of Peyton Hendershot. And they brought him back. He ended up having a big role on the 53. I see something similarly happen here. Ultimately, I think that guy, what he's done, he's got confidence with Fossil in this offense. And Lunda Wells, the tight end coach, he's going to end up having a greater impact on this team in 2023 than Hunter Lepke will. I got to say, um, I know the other question was more optimistic, but this one was more impressive in terms of the quality of your answers. Some of you, I would say Danny and Tony, you really peed into the wind. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's... Um, you can call it ignorance or bravery. I mean, either way, uh, you know, Tony came in knowing that that everybody was was all in love with uh, with Hunter Lipke and said, I don't care. I'm going to hate all over it. Um, so I'll offer uh, another, I don't know, 30 seconds for points to be handed out, um, whoever you want to go to. But, uh, you know, we've um, we, we're, we're tabulating the final situation here and it looks like it's leaning in one way. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, and call it. So, all right. Votes are in. Things are over. Danny, who do you think won? Well, I think Tony might have, um, you know, messed up his chances there. Uh, and uh, same with me. Uh, I don't know. It's probably I wasn't paying attention to the score before, but I, I, Thank I think you. hard work on my end. I'm trying to focus on on you know. I'm trying Thanks to. Thanks, RJ. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brandon. I think he did the most pandering of of the of the group. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that's that's where I'm going to go. Um, well, uh, Kevin gave Tony five points for the hat, but that came after I had closed the ballots. Uh, but Clarence and Rick did both get their five points in for Tony before then. Sorry, Brandon. Tony eked it out. 77 points for Tony, 66 for Danny, but a nice 69-point uh, uh, performance from you, 
uh, Brandon. So if, if you can't win, I mean, you know, that's that's the way to lose at the very least. Uh, Tony, congratulations, 77. Uh, it must be your lucky night. I mean, and, and you landed. You really didn't land. It was you know, turbulence. You know what I mean? But sometimes the greatest pilots, they handle it. They turn on that fastened seatbelt line, even if they're at 30,000 feet up in the air. You did it, my friend. Listen, I had a pilot tell me one time that turbulence doesn't mean anything. It's just a part of being in the jello. So you always make it out of turbulence. So I like it. Um, who would you like to thank? I like to thank the the, the listeners and the viewers because without them, I mean, these are my people. I say it every time. So if if Brandon's gonna pander, allow me to pander a little bit. These are these are my people. Uh, wow. Kevin has said that you deserve the win tonight, Tony. Well done. And David has noted that you have gone back to back, uh, which you said that you did not know that you had ever done. I. I mean, we'll have to check the uh, the Great Hall with the record books, obviously. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if you have. Uh, Brandon, how do you feel? It was right there. You had it. It was just those last 10 points at the very end. Yeah, that's okay. Good good job, Tony. And no, I was not pandering, guys. <laughs> and if you, as you guys saw last week, you know, my take on Mike McCarthy caught a lot of people off guard a little bit. So you, I don't pander. I speak. I speak. Yeah, I know. I was in the comments. I remember that. Oh, oh, I, oh I know. I you, I, I saw you in there for a few times, Danny. So I, I'm not a pandering type. You know, I say how I, I say how I feel. And I, you know, to really quick, I, I disagree with Tony with the McEwen thing. I, I do think <laughs> I think Lipke, I, I do think Lipke offers more. I like McEwen, but I think Lipke has more versatility. And I think the, the Cowboys' offense is gonna. I think the offensive coaches like Mike McCarthy are going to want that versatility over Sean McEwen. That's just um... my thing. I like this uh, proposal from Casey Tony. Uh, it says new stipulation to propose. Tony has to keep winning every roundtable, otherwise he has to remove his hat for an entire podcast. Tony Tony has stepped his beard game up this year. That's worth saying. Um, so congrats on the um, the manicuring that's happening uh, in the facial area for you, Tony. But yeah, next time you don't win, you gotta take the hat off for a whole episode. I'll do it, and I'll tell you what. I went an entire 13 months without a haircut, and I got one last week, and I swear to you, not one person has mentioned it. Not one <laughs> single person. So I had it down to my shoulders, and not, not one person has noticed, so maybe I should have let it grow up. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, we had a good crowd tonight. If you're still with us live or if you're watching after the fact, please follow our BTB. It's on social media, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Tony, our winner at Tony underscore Catalina, Danny, uh, whose account you can find highlights of Wanye Thomas at, uh, and Josh Butler, of course, at Danny Phantom 24 and Brandon is at icebreaker 21. Um, Tony, tell us something interesting about the world as we leave a fun fact, something that everyone after you are done saying, I will go, Wow. I learned something today. Oh, I guess there's something called like a blue moon supposed to happen tonight and it won't happen again till 2037 or something like 2037. So it checked that fact check that, but I think I read that on Twitter. <laughs> That's all I got. Go, go and well, look at well the moon. Done, Great job. <laughs> go and look at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> You want me to bring in the moon, RJ? You want me to throw a lasso around it? And You've and seen that in? movie? You've seen I have it. seen it. <laughs> great, great job, Tony. Okay, good job, Tony. <laughs> Yay.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.